When I was in school, I played the saxophone. I kind of wanted to play the trumpet, really wanted to play the drums. I kind of took on percussion, I think, at the beginning of one year, and I was like, yeah, this is boring. Back to sax. Trumpet was kind of fun, learned the basics. I was, nah, back to sax. So alto sax, then you fundamentally tenor became where I landed. Now, that same saxophone made its way to my nephew. He played it all the way through school. My alto did. Um, and then that made its way back down to my son who played it. And then my daughter played it. Then it needed a bunch of work. And then so she went on to play the berry sax. So instruments have a very, very long life. And sometimes, though, not everybody has access to, you know, dad's saxophone from back in the day. It's not a fancy saxophone. Pretty sure you could replace it for a hundred bucks or two. Like, I think you're pretty sure it's cheaper to buy a new one than it is to fix it. But that's where we're going to start our conversation is the impact of all of that. My life from there became a life of working in theater. I was I did sound design for theater first. And then I started DJing in nightclubs and mixing music and then got into radio, did radio shows and then continued to have mixed shows on the radio for a couple decades. And so it all goes back to one place, band. Fundamentally, everything that I do goes back to band. And that's incredibly important. In today's world, I have here in my home studio sound cards and mixers and microphones and cables and everything goes back to band. The magic of music for me is also incredibly important, as you probably know if you listen to The Shift, that music is a big part of this show. How we use music, themes for music, playfulness in music all goes back to band. That's what we're going to talk about today. Um, it is kind of a good news story, actually, too, to sort of pair it into our, our good news theme that we do here on The Shift. Music Counts is a program that helps get instruments into the hands of kids. Our guest, Nick Godzo, Senior Manager of Programs and Education at Music Counts from New Brunswick and the Maritimes, uh, reaching out all the way across Canada today. Hey, Nick. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm good. Thanks for being here. Um, this is cool. I guess um, with my... A monologue there about all things band and music. I'm sure you have a similar story. Oh, for sure. I mean, I moved around a lot um, as a kid. I went to nine schools between kindergarten and grade 12. And music was the thing that helped me make friends at all these different schools that I was going to. And that really abrupt period of change in my life. I remember I was starting in a new school in rural New Brunswick midway through the term. I was in grade six and I was late to music class because I had no idea where I was going. Right. Uh, by the time I got there, that was the day they were picking instruments. Um, so by the time I got there, everything else was picked except for this rusty old tuba sitting in the corner that no one else wanted. So that's what uh -huh. I ended up getting stuck with. And as the dorky new kid, I was horrified time but you know it ended up being the thing that's guided you know my educational journey my my career um so it's you know it can be transformative and, and that's why music counts is here to make sure that all kids have access to that transformative opportunity to make music there is access to a lot of instruments for kids but they're exactly like you described they're the weird instruments that nobody else wants to play that's why my daughter played berry sax because there is a berry sax in the school and nobody else wants to play it because it's not always the coolest of the instruments right so yeah. while playing the a and w theme song is so much fun 
um, it's they're not always the most appealing of the instruments. I mean, if you wanted to play a piccolo, that's probably not as readily available. If you wanted to, you know, get into some of these more fun, playful instruments, they're not as readily available. They're expensive, they're hard to maintain, and schools don't always have access to those ones. So tell me about Music Counts and what are you guys seeing in schools today? Like, what is the real life snapshot here? For sure. So, so Music Counts is the charitable branch of the Juno Awards. So the Juno Awards celebrates the best of Canadian music every year and Music Counts make sure that there is a best of Canadian music by making sure that kids are making music in schools. So the main way that we do that is through our Band-Aid program and that's a grant program where teachers or principals or parents that are involved with the school can apply to receive up to $15,000 worth of whatever instruments, um, equipment or gear that school needs to make music education happen for the kids at the school. So Exactly what you were saying, Shane. One of the major issues that, that we see is um, the instruments that the school has are just not in any condition to be used. Uh, these are instruments that are 30, 40, 60, 70 years old. Uh, instruments that are duct taped together. Instruments that are, you know, a Frankenstein of a few different instruments. You know, the, the quality of the inventory in schools across the country is is degrading it's degraded and there's just not the budgets the the finances aren't in place um to ensure that those inventories of instruments are, are sufficiently upgraded and maintained um so you're seeing schools forced to kind of work with what they got and in a lot of cases those are you know uh concert band instruments and programs with instruments that you know that aren't functional, that don't necessarily inspire confidence when you're performing on them because, you know, they don't sound good. So then is that student going to be enthusiastic about music because they're playing on a, a trumpet that is, you know, far past its prime? So that's one of the many issues that we're seeing in schools is, you know, they're just forced to kind of deal with the hand that they've been dealt and there's no real way to get out of that. So that's where Music Counts comes in. If they're able to get a grant from us, uh, you know, they're able to get $15,000 worth of new stuff. And that's finally an opportunity for that school to, um, you know, start feeling more sustainable and start, you know, looking ahead and building ahead as opposed to constantly feeling like it's trying to catch up and, and make do with something that, you know, isn't sufficient. Band can be incredibly not cool. And <laughs> yeah. um, at some times, right? And so, you know, um, wind instruments that, that are using reeds and stuff, those things get expensive too. All these things add up. When you look at sheet music, for example, like if you have a band, for those who weren't in band, if you have a band that doesn't have the right instruments, you can't play those songs, right? The, the band director or the teacher has to look at, okay, here's what we have and here are the kind of songs we can play. Now we all know the traditional songs. The kids probably need to learn the traditional songs. But if you can't throw in there a little Star Wars, a little Imperial March, a little bit of fun for the kids to play fun songs that they recognize, know, and get excited about, then, you know, a theme song from a movie, th then kids also aren't excited. Now, okay, Shane, so why wouldn't they just go get the music and pay for the music and off you go? Well, it's not cheap to do that because you have to get the score of the music for all of the instruments. And some of those teachers are really good at translating from the right instrument to the wrong instrument just so they can have the part get played. But if you don't have the instruments and you're missing a gap of saxophones or trombones or trumpets, clarinets, because you just don't have them, you can't play those songs vis-a-vis -vis band becomes way less cool because the music's not even cool. And you can see how that sort of spirals really quickly, hey? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's there's so much there. I mean, I think the other thing to be mindful of too is music teachers are, are exceptionally busy people. Um, so if they are confronted with an incomplete inventory of musical instruments, a hodgepodge that's not you know a full band setup, you know they're going to have hard a hard time finding interesting and relevant repertoire for that group. And then they oftentimes are having to, on their own spare time, arrange music to make sense for the hand that they've been dealt. And they're doing that on their own time, after school, in the evenings. You know, these are people that are already so overworked and when they don't have the adequate resources to do their job properly, that's just making them do more outside of, you know, the time that they should be working. So that's one thing. Um, the other thing too is, you know, the needs and uh, and interests of, of young people in terms of what they want to do in music class is changing significantly and it's changing fast. And that was really precipitated by the pandemic. Um, so when the pandemic hit, music education, um, as usual, came to a complete halt. And well, you have to think about to... that one, right? Because I mean, the oh, yeah. spit the spit from a trombone. Can you imagine that? In, like, in, in COVID, if you were in the mall and you sneezed, you got stink eye from everybody in the mall. Imagine yeah. if you're like blowing into your instrument and there's spit flying out. Like you can yeah. just imagine what that what used to be like. It had a big impact. Oh, it was, it was insane. And, you know, education, you know, as a whole uh, was completely turned upside down and music education really got the brunt of it for exactly those reasons. These concerns about, you know, aerosols and these concerns about the germs. And those are really valid concerns, but that really put music education, music class in an extremely difficult spot because teachers, again, these people who are already so busy uh, had to really think about how they're going to change what their programming looks like. You can't do band anymore. And a lot of teachers couldn't do band for a couple of years. They had to think about how they're going to deliver their programming to their students. So they got creative. They started embracing technology. They started embracing other kinds of music that maybe weren't um, centered on on wind instruments, which is kind of the predominant approach to music education, as you mentioned. So we saw a lot of teachers try something different. And I think a lot of teachers noticed that a lot of that actually resonated pretty well with students. A lot of students liked, uh, you know, using iPads to create electronic music. A lot of students really liked playing guitars and ukuleles and amplified instruments as opposed to band instruments. So that's another thing that we're seeing teachers come to music counts for support for is changing what music education looks like at their school from, you know, a more standard, uh, you know, stereotypical concert band program to something that is kind of keeping up with those changing interests. Um, so that's been really interesting to see, um, you know, the pandemic obviously had, you know, a huge amount of challenges uh, for music education. But I think that's one of the silver linings is it kind of forced everyone to kind of st take a step back and really think about the programs at their school and think about, you know, how integrating other elements might actually serve the students uh, better. So that's been really interesting to see. Mm -hmm. And let's be honest, as parents, band concerts are terrible. They're like pulling teeth. I mean, they really are, but they're so magical at the same time, right? I mean, course, you take those yeah. videos, the kids are so proud and, and uh, every now and there's these little, it's usually not the full song, but there's little elements in a song where they really nail it. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's really cool. And then you always have that one weird kid who is playing the violin while everyone else is playing weird wind instruments because that's their instrument of choice. And somehow that teacher makes it work, you know, yeah. like these yeah. are the kinds of pieces that, that really bring this conversation all together. And the magic that comes with that, I subscribe to the, um, uh, the, the humanity notion that, you know, music and rhythm is deeply woven into our being. And, right. you know, I realize that is a real hippie approach, but I think that people who have spent time around music, uh, intimate time around music really kind of get that part, right? Uh -huh. And and it's really important. Now, Nick, if we were to translate this to hockey, 
um, or baseball, you would have to have your own hockey gear. You'd have to get your own ball glove or your cleats or whatever it is for football. But, um, and, but not everybody can do that. There are programs to help get hockey skates or use skates or use ball glove or whatever. So there are those programs out there. This really gives access in the music world, similarly to those that don't have as easy access to all those, those bits and pieces of the gear too. Yes, absolutely. So one of the biggest barriers that, you know, that we're trying to address through our granting is making sure that those schools and communities across the country that don't have access, um, we're giving them the tools to make sure that they can improve that access and, and to students in their community. And, you know, the circumstances faced by these schools can be extremely different. You know, there could be a school in a, in a downtown core that you know, doesn't have what they need to make music education inclusive um, and accessible and sustainable at their school. There could be a school in the Arctic Circle in Nunavut uh, that is facing the same challenges and um, they don't have the funding to purchase the instruments or the shipping to get the instruments there, which is oftentimes actually more than the instruments themselves. Uh, so, so absolutely. And, you know, the funding that these schools have to to work with in terms of maintaining their inventories of instruments is just it's extremely low. Um, last year, sixty percent of the schools that applied to music counts for support, and every year we get between three hundred and six hundred applications from across the country. We're able to fund about one in five. Um, so you can imagine how difficult that process is. Um, about sixty percent of them have an annual music budget of five hundred dollars or less a year, and most of them are closer to the zero range. That's zero. Staggering. So what are you going to do with $500 a year? Yeah. You're going to maybe buy, you know, a couple new pieces with street music. You're maybe going to get an instrument or two repair and that's it. It's gone before you know it. Well, yeah, so for that, 100 bucks to get something repaired, I mean, you can't. You no, have to have exactly. a volunteer to do it, really. And that's and that's what I mean. These schools can't get ahead. So if they're getting $500 a year and then, you know, they're one of the schools that are lucky enough to receive a Band-Aid grant for music counts, that's 30 years of funding all at once. So it's really a transformative opportunity for that school to reevaluate what music education looks like, set their priorities, invest in new gear. And like you said at the beginning, you know, those instruments, if they're taken care of and if they're good quality, they can last not just a couple of years, they can last, you know, generations if they're, if they're paired for well, right? So that's an, that's an investment that will, you know, have a ripple effect through years and years and years of students that go through those schools and, and go through those programs. Um, it's fascinating. Yeah, they um, they always do a bake sale at the kids when the kids, um, you know, you go there and there's a reason why, because even if it's yeah. $75 that they make from everyone's volunteering of some baked goods, then that $75 can go a long way. Now, Music Counts mm -hmm. has quite quite a long list of investments. It's in It's in the millions of dollars over the course of time. And, uh, but it does come from real people. So I would put that challenge out there that if you did play an instrument, whether it is 20 bucks or 50 bucks, I mean, how, how it does come from people. This is real life stuff here. So how do we, um, what are the celebrations of the organization, Nick? Um, just so we can fly the flag of how, how hard everyone's worked and, uh, and how does everyone get involved if they want to? So through our Band-Aid program, uh, we've been around for 25 years, and during that time we've allocated more than $13 million to, I believe, more than 1,300 schools um, across Canada during that time. Uh, so that's something that, you know, we're obviously so proud of, and, you know, every year, you know, depending on the year, it can be between 70 and 100 schools end up getting the grant, and, you know, we talk to these teachers, we work with the teachers, um, and kind of fulfilling those grants and it's so inspiring to see and we stay in touch with a lot of the teachers who get the grants and it's amazing to kind of see two three seven years later you know that this is still changing what 
you know, students are experiencing in their school. It's so special. But mm-hmm. to that end, depending on the year, we can only fund about one in five to one in seven. And the application isn't short. You know, we ask a lot of questions. We need to get a lot of details from these teachers because the the need for this kind of support significantly outpaces the resources that we have available. Even though we're proud of what we're able to do, there's still a massive gap there. And yeah, you know, public donations is a significant, you know, source of um source of what makes all of this possible. Um, so on our website, musiccounts.ca, you know, if you played an instrument in school, if your kid, uh, you know, was touched by music um, during their educational experience, you know, it's it's an amazing way to give back. And, you know, our process makes sure that, you know, the schools that are of the highest need uh, are the ones receiving those grants. Um, so you can read all about it, learn more about our programs and about how you can give back and get involved on our website. I will pass that on to the shiftheads.ca Facebook group so everyone can link to it and see it nice and easily there. Um, okay, so you were admittedly, I'm saying self-admittedly, the weird kid that showed up and played the tuba yep. year after year <laughs> and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Is, is it that moment, though, when you remember walking into the classroom, Nick, when you're like, hey, I'm the new guy, and by the way, here's my rusty old tuba. Like, Is it that feeling in your belly of, oh my God, nobody likes me? Um, and I don't say that with judgment. I say it as a natural no, thing we all we all go through as people. Is, is that really what drives some of the reasons why this matters to you? Yeah, for sure. I mean, again, at the time, I didn't think it was great. But then as I started playing uh, and I kind of experienced, I remember when I was in grade six and I was in a band context for the first time and I was making these, you know, these sounds. I wouldn't call them music at that point. I call it sounds uh, out of the tube or everyone else. I just remember, holy frick, this is really cool. This is, and that's, you know, that just kind of stuck with me, that that sensation of, you know, creating um, music in a group of people, uh, you know, that was the thing that felt at home for me. And I, you know, up until then, I hadn't really found my thing. I was kind of that kid that never really gravitated towards art or never gravitated towards sports. Um, so, and I know that there are a lot of kids out there that you know, music is the thing that saves them. Music is the reason that they get up out of bed every morning and go to school. That's mm-hmm. the thing that motivates them. Um, so, so yeah, you know, it's, I know that, I know how powerful it can be. Uh, I know how powerful it can be to make kids feel at home at school, make kids feel welcomed and included. Uh, and it's just a shame to see, to read all these applications that we get every year, to to see the, the extensive barriers between, you know, enabling that to happen uh, uh, at schools across the country. Um, so. Yeah, I know as parents, we often say, you know, I got to get my kids in front of team sports. They learn how to function in an office place, like a workplace when they're sure. older and all those things. I can just, if you don't know, um, for your grandchildren or your nieces, your nephews, your kids, for everyone who's listening to The Shift, um, music is a team sport. So if you're looking for a team sport that it's not athletic, I mean, music is a team sport. That's incredibly... Um, that's incredibly important. Um, Nick is here, Nick Godzo. Um, he's with Music Counts, and um, I tried to talk him into doing a tuba solo. No luck. <laughs> Not going to happen. So. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to happen. And remember, um, making music, making noise, eh, it's a fine line. Oh, cool. But Up to there's, yeah. there's something magical about the memory of a, um, an alto sax, a trombone, and a recorder all making noise <laughs> in your basement at the same time. That, trust totally. me, you'll never forget. Yeah, even if I can't you try. Imagine. Thanks for being here, Nick. Nice to meet you, man. Yeah, my pleasure. Have a good night. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. 
Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.